How do we represent relationships in functional programming? Hi, my name is Eric Normand, and these are my thoughts on functional programming. So there's certain relationships in the real world that we would like to capture uh, into our information system so that we can process them, derive other information from them, etc. And one of those things is, you know, for instance, parent-child relationship, right? If we're making a genealogy database, we want to capture that parent-child relationship that is uh, an important factor in genealogy. It's like the central factor. Uh, so in, a, in an object-oriented language, an object-oriented style, Typically, what you see is relationships are represented with pointers, with references. So this object has a field that refers to another object. And so by having that reference, you can send messages and things. But that reference very often represents some relationship. Like, this is my child. Uh, the main and, 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 okay, so the main problem with this, this pointer, the using a pointer, is that it is unidirectional. Parent-child goes both ways. If, if I'm your parent, you're my child. And so the child needs a pointer back to the parent to be able to... Um, to, to be able to maintain the relationship. And so you have two things, and if they're mutable, this is the problem. You have two things that you have to keep in sync, right? Um, in functional programming, what we tend to do is to reify the relationship into something, into some data. And it's not like you couldn't do this in object-oriented programming, right? I'm just saying that typically you don't see this. Um, what what you do is you reify it into a piece of data. So take a tuple, let's say a, a two-tuple, also known as a pair. So you have a pair of pointers. It's immutable, just to make it easier to reason about. And on the, the first element of the pair is the parent, and the second is the child. Like, let's say you're not even using pointers. You're using some other identifier that's more stable, uh, like the, the parent's ID and the child's ID. And you have this relationship, and notice it's got both ways. You can ask for who's the parent and who's the child, right? Um, you can also do all sorts of other stuff with it, which is pretty cool, too. Like, if you have a, a bunch of them, you can now consider this like a relation in a relational algebra, right? And so you can join and, and like recursively find grandchildren and stuff like that. Okay, so you could do this in object-oriented programming, right? But typically what happens is we, in object-oriented programming, we tend to just focus on like the one class and say, this is what it needs to know. And we're not talking, we're not elevating the relationship to its own object. We're talking about a person 
has a parent and person might have children, right? And so you have these pointers and that's it. All right, so let me give an example of another example that shows sort of the mindset difference. This is an example that I remember from school and I I bet other people have have had this in school too. So the assignment is to develop a a class model for a student registration system. So students need to register for multiple classes and those classes need to have a roster of the students in, 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 enrolled. So you notice it's got both directions, that students need to remember their classes and the classes need to remember their students. So the challenge is, how do you create a message protocol between these two classes such that it maintains both of the pointers right because you have some recursion like if you say the student registers for the class so the student has a register method you pass in the class it sets its own pointer and then it calls a method on the class class the course let's call it the course class and uh it tells it now put me on your roster right so you have this you know double message pass thing going uh, and then eat, and then that that one will set the the courses will add to the courses list of students right and that way you maintain the relationship and if you unenroll you have to do the opposite you know you have to remove it and then tell the course remove me um, and I remember doing this uh, this assignment and thinking this is very convoluted but that you know at that point in my experience level i felt like well this is just the way it's got to be like there's going to be some convoluted stuff in programming uh but when i started learning functional programming what became very apparent was that this was just looking at the problem in inside out what the important thing that you're trying to capture that is in the assignment is the relationship it's not the course and the student the important part is the relationship for instance if you were to look at how you would implement this in the real world without a computer let's say with just pen and paper there would be no course you could talk to there's no course to send a message to right what there is is a book somewhere, right? Somebody in an office is sitting there with a book, and now I'm imagining what it, how it, how you could implement this. And so, you know, a student comes in and says, "I want to take, you know, English 101." And so they come into the room. the The secretary or whoever manages this book flips the book open to the page for English 101, takes down your it takes down your um, student ID, and that's it. You're in the course, right? You're, you're on the list. And then, you know, maybe if you want to see your schedule, they, they, could, they could, you know, maintain a schedule for you where you give them a card and then 
writes down. But see, this is, you know, it, it's it's not about this student having some power to send a message to a course, right? It's about the data in this book. That is the canonical. This this book is the canonical source of that relationship. And so, what we do in functional programming is instead of simulating a person and a course, we simulate the book, right? And maybe even enhance it because now we've got, you know, infinite space and and what have you. So, how how do we do it? Well, we in even in an, in an object-oriented language, if you were to take this approach, what you would do is you would you'd make a class called many-to-many relationship. You could just make a class called course course registration manager or something, something like that. But if you notice, the general case is this is a many-to-many relationship. A student has many courses and a course has many students. So it's a many-to-many relationship and you want a set of rules and operations that follow those rules to be able to add people and add courses in such a way that it maintains this relationship. And so it would probably just be you know a couple you know pointers in the same way, right? We're still we're still in the computer, we're still dealing with pointers, but maintained in such a way that they are they are put together like in a tuple, right? So that you could see this is the course and this is the student. And so you could query the, the class, the, the, registra- the many-to-many class would have a method for give me, all of the, give me all of the courses for this student and give me all the students for this course. Now, how do you represent a student in a course? Here's the thing. In that book, they don't create a student. They don't, like, draw a picture of a student or something like that. They just take down your ID. That's enough. That's all you need. That will get you back to the student when you need to. So that's what I would put in that many-to-many relationship. It would be the student ID and the, and the course ID. And that's all you need. And you're maintaining that relationship. And you don't have this convoluted system where you have to communicate between objects to maintain this this double-sided relationship. Whew. So, uh, that to me is, is one big difference between a functional mindset and an object-oriented mindset. We are trying to represent that as data and turn it into something that you can query, you can analyze, you can combine with, you know, if you said, well, I want this, I mean, just think about it. You want people, you don't want to have just one book because only one person, you know, you'd have a long line when it's time to register. You want different people to be able to register people. And then you deal with the problems later. Like if the class is too full, you know, there's three extra students because they weren't coordinating well you know you 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 just look at the last ones and you say hey we're we're sorry you you know you thought you were registered but you weren't right that's just the way you have to deal with distributed systems uh but 
you could make it so that you can have an operation for combining different many-to-many classes into one. So this one maintains some of them on this node in the network. On this node in the network, you're maintaining other ones. And then you combine them into one. And that's your sort of canonical source. (sighs) Okay. So maintains relationships not with pointers, meaning references to other objects that you have to like you're obviously using pointers right because it's in the computer and that's just how we do things with computers is point to memory but you are maintaining the relationship as a thing itself not as an implicit uh, effect of calling certain methods does that make sense Right in this, in the student and course, am, am, am I being clear? Because in the student and the course example, when you make a student class and a course class, the there there's a point where like only the student's pointer is set, and the course's pointer hasn't been set yet, and it's still waiting to send that message and have everything work out. Like it's it's not a it's not atomic, for sure. But it's only implicit based on the order that things happen in, right? It's it's not it's not um, sort of guaranteed by the structure of the data that you're using. It's guaranteed over time based on just the order that things happen in. Okay, um, please let me know what you think. This is one of those examples that when I realized what happened in, you know, what I was taught and how it doesn't really correspond well with the real world, um, it was one of those examples that was really good for me to, like, rethink and revisit my classes in college when I was taught this stuff and kind of root out that idea that you want to have a class for everything and that you should maintain pointers as relationships. It really, this was really one of those example ones that I had to, I like solved and I kind of did a kata thing where I just like iterated on it, like iterated on the, the problem in a functional way over and over until I kind of rooted out all of that object-oriented thinking. So maybe you want to do that too. Maybe you want to see how you would implement this um, maybe naturally like the way you, you are now and, and based on your, your training and then also like really go deep and try to get it as functional as possible. All right, my name is Eric Normand. Uh, please uh, let me know on Twitter uh, what you think. Uh, you can also email me at eric at lispcast.com. Uh, I would love some reviews on iTunes if and on, uh, you know, comments on YouTube, uh, wherever. Just subscribe and uh, you'll be notified of new episodes. And uh, I'll see you later.